The Bucks got their first road victory of the season, defeating the Brooklyn Nets 190 or 129 to 125 in Brooklyn. Giannis was outstanding tonight with 36 points, and the Bucks bench mob came to play. We also saw more drop coverage among some other defensive coverages. So we're going to break down all the action from tonight's win and more on tonight's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate you tuning in and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of the day. I'm your host, Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File podcast as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the pod, Frank Madden. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, Brooklyn didn't have too much size tonight. No Nick Claxton and Giannis led the way. It seems almost normal now that when Ben Simmons is across from Giannis, we should expect a big night from Giannis, it seems like. Tonight, Giannis had 36 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and seven three-point attempts, which in my book is a little too high. <laughs> in addition to that, Dame came through with 21.7 assists, six rebounds, and Chris came through with 15 points, four assists, and three rebounds, not to be outdone by Jay Crowder, who had 15 points and five rebounds himself. It was a real team effort from these Bucks with seven different guys scoring in double figures. The Bucs really seemed to lean on Giannis and Chris to end the game, and it was a really fun track meet there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it kind of vintage uh, Chris and Giannis, right? Um, Batman and Robin, old school version. I don't know mm-hmm. uh, what, what that makes Dame Lillard. Is he Alfred? I don't know, Camille. Um, but uh, we've seen Dame obviously have uh, at least a couple of big takeovers late including the game on friday against the knicks um but man the the, the kind of just recurring thing that i came away with from the end of that game was man it's it's nice to have chris middleton at a minutes limit where he can actually like you know they can they can get him still closing games he was able to close the last two games um you know he had a key play late in the game on friday and in, in New York against the knicks where he found dame streaking the basket for kind of that um you know kind of clinching uh, and one play late and tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit on it, right? I mean, we saw the pick and roll into a step back. We saw him draw a foul from a similar type of situation. Um, we saw him again, the, the kind of chemistry that he and Giannis have, uh, you hope that Dame can begin to build, you know, like 50% of the kind of special chemistry that, that Giannis and Chris have developed over the years. Um, you know, the, the great look that he had, off a Yana slipping a screen and and diving to the rim, Chris just kind of throwing the overhead pass to him. Chris never afraid to just throw the ball into the general vicinity of Giannis, and uh, that was you know again just kind of part of um, that group being able to uh, come back. They they had the lead. It was 108.99. Giannis without Dame and with kind of a, a bench unit, which we saw at a couple different junctures, they were able to kind of late third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, turn around a deficit. I think it was 89, 79 at one point and kind of chipped away at it, chipped away. 
And yeah, just something about the energy with Giannis and that in that group. You know, we've talked about in the past how so sometimes it feels like they don't have enough shot creation when they don't have, you know, a point guard or a ball handler with them. But um, it just felt like having kind of more of the, the athletes we saw, um, we saw campaign out there to be a little bit of that kind of ball handling um, and kind of point guard play. And, and, you know, he hit a bunch of shots um, tonight and kind of gave them a good, nice shot in the arm. Uh, and then we saw, you know, Marjon, Pat Connaughton, Jay Crowder, all of them, I think, again, this was not a great night for the defense. You know, the, the point total that they gave up, I think was indicative of, you know, some of the challenges they had, but, um, but at times they were able to use, I think when they had a little bit more mobility and athleticism, um, they were able to, I think, force misses and kind of force, force the nets to get hurried up a little bit and, and get, give them a chance to, to get back in the game. And so, yeah, Bobby dives the rim, Giannis, great pass, 108-99. Ooh, great. Okay. We're going to make this a comfortable game. Mm -hmm. And then Giannis goes to the bench and uh, very quickly, what, 12-0 run? I think, yep, immediately. exactly. And uh, then they needed to bring Giannis back and then ultimately Chris back to close us out. But um, I looked at it. There are not a lot of pretty lineup combinations right now for the Bucks, Camille. Um, coming in this game, though, Giannis, Dame, and Chris were like plus one net rating. So you throw Chris Middleton in the mix, you know, he uh, he's deodorant for a lot of very bad, uh, gross, uh, smelly lineups that we've been seeing from the Bucks early in the season. So, um, so yeah, Giannis obviously the big scoring night. Dame, and not his best, but got to the free throw line yet again to kind of paper over some of his shooting struggles. But uh, yeah, to me, Chris Middleton, and that's what kind of got me excited about this game. Just the thinking, the the feeling that like, man, when Chris gets ramped up to hopefully 30, 30 plus minutes a game at some point in the near future? Question mark. Um, that will make probably make me feel a lot better, at least about the Bucks offense. I don't know about the Bucks defense, but uh, but we saw tonight again the firepower power they have. They can put up a bunch of points themselves, and obviously, at least that end of the floor is starting to look a bit more like what we expected. It's starting to for sure, and it's really interesting taking a look at that because we know a lot of Bucks fans have for years not seen the value in a Chris Middleton type of guy on this team. Um, and with Dame coming aboard, there might've been some who even more said like, Hey, we got Dame. Do we really need Chris? But one thing I love about watching Chris Middleton play basketball is that connector role that he plays. He just seems to be uh, just so understanding of what the moment requires. Uh, like there was a play there where he came in the game, he gets a switch, so he has a mismatch. I believe he had Cam Thomas on at this point. So he's backing him down the post, and he uses that advantage to find someone else for three. It's just like he just uses every single aspect of the game. He's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest, and we all know that. But he has such high IQ. He hunts out mismatches, and even if he doesn't score off of it, he looks to make sure that his teammates can get a bucket out of that. So it was really nice seeing Chris get some fourth-quarter minutes again in this game, closing it out with this group. Um, it was also interesting seeing how that lineup switched a few different times there at the end, depending on what the Bucks were trying to do. Uh, when I saw Chris check in, I just said, yes, we get some some closer Chris Middleton minutes. Uh, we had Chris out there with Giannis and Bobby. Uh, Jay had a lot of minutes in this one as well tonight, which is really interesting. I want to talk to you a little bit more about the Bucks, the Bucks bench um, and some of those minute combinations and things that we're noticing there as well. But when looking at the offense, of course, Giannis led the way. Actually, if you're watching on YouTube, we got some fresh graphics for you guys. So check this out. Giannis, player of the game. 36 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. I mentioned that Giannis also did have 
seven three-point attempts, which I mentioned is a little high for me. Uh, about four more threes, and I would like to see him attempt in a game. And four of the threes that he took were on reload. So I'm thinking of the one three that he actually made tonight where, you know, Jay misses the three, Bucks tip it back out, Giannis gets it, puts up a three, misses it. Bucks another tip out, tip it back out to Giannis. He shoots again. And I'm sure I could not have been the only Bucks fan at that moment saying, or no, like, no, 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 no. And then he makes it and it's like, yes, okay, all right. Needed that bucket, tied the game back up in the fourth quarter. But there was a moment earlier in the game where I saw Giannis operating a little bit more of how I would love to see him when he has that space. Had the three, looked at it, and stepped in and took a beautiful mid-range jumper, knocked that down. But he also was able to get, you know, just some action off of those threes. Like, he pump faked somebody out their shoes and got to the rim easily. And I was like, we're falling for Giannis pump fakes at the three now. It's interesting tactic, Brooklyn. I'm not quite sure about that one, but Giannis had a great game. Men- haven't mentioned Dame too much, but Dame also came through. As you mentioned, still hasn't quite found uh, his shooting stroke, just five of 15 from the field, two of eight from three. But again, the free throws, nine of 10 from the line. Got the free throw in clutch time where Giannis and Chris played some excellent defense down at the stretch. And Giannis wisely got the ball out of his hands and into the hands of Dane uh, for some closing free throws there. And that was lovely to see. It's just fun to see the Bucks pull out a win. Still things to work on for sure, but it's always a lot better uh, to be working on things out of a win rather than trying to work through things after a loss. And as I mentioned, I do want to talk to you more about the Bucks bench and some rotation things. But first, want to talk to you all about our good friends from FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sport book. Now the Packers won. So Packers fans, we can talk about football happily again. And right now at FanDuel, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You heard me, 150 bucks. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, plus more. So make sure that you visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll also like to encourage you all to tune back in to Locked on Bucks tomorrow. Justin and I will be having a show. And if you missed it, Justin also did the first pregame show uh, for Locked on Bucks. So that's something that we're looking to do more regularly with Justin leading the way on that. Uh, the hope is to have myself on there, maybe Frank sometimes. Sometimes we can get him on there uh, before a game, breaking down matchups. So make sure that you guys are subscribed and tuned in to Locked on Bucks because we have a lot of great content coming your way. All right, this Bucks bench. As I mentioned, we had seven different guys scoring double figures this evening. Uh, with the bench mob, Jay Crowder definitely led the way. He's getting minutes that are really starter minutes, but he's just coming off the bench to start everything up. Uh, it's really interesting to see that. You also can take a look at the fact that, hey, Malik Beasley minutes are starting to go down. Only 14 for him. This evening uh, here in Brooklyn, and it's it's been a, a trend if you can take a look at his minutes over the last few games. I mean, he has been averaging 
over 20 and now he plays 14 in this game. And something else that was interesting is that I heard Adrian Griffin mention the fact that, hey, I got to try to find a way to get Bobby some more playing time. Got to try to find a way. And this evening we saw that Bobby was one of the first subs off the bench alongside Jay Crowder. And Bobby also saw an increase of his minutes uh, in comparison to where he's been throughout most of this season. So Griff is still trying some different things out, playing around with minutes, playing around with rotations. We saw uh, Brooke come off the floor there at the end of the game a bit for Bobby in order to play more of that switching defense, play a little bit smaller. We saw Campaign have an excellent night, uh, four or six from the field, three of four from three. Pat Connaughton, another good night for him as well from the field, four of seven. Uh, and Marjan came in, although he didn't have a big scoring load, Marjan definitely provided some energy on the defensive end for the team. So Bucks bench, they called themselves bench mob a few years ago and they came up big tonight. Yeah, I mean uh... – it's funny with the Crowder, you know, story, right? I mean, so far this season, I mean, Jay made four of nine threes tonight and his three-point percentage went down because uh, he, he came in averaging shooting 56% from three. So uh, obviously he's not going to shoot that well forever. But, um, you know, I, you think about just his experience last year. I mean, I, I think people I think people gloss over the fact that he actually, like, his his stats were actually, like, really good in the short period he had in the regular season. But, you know, I think the same thing's going to be true this year. Even if he plays well in the regular season, um, fortunately he'll get a full year barring a trade um, to, to kind of do that this year versus last year, kind of just showing up obviously after the deadline, not having played, maybe not being the shape that he wanted to. But again, the, the, the cauldron of the playoffs is going to be where ultimately everybody kind of judges his value. And, you know, I, I don't know that we're learning a whole lot about how playable he's going to be, you know, against really good wings in the playoffs so far. But, um, but I thought it was interesting. I mean, we saw, we saw on Friday against the Knicks, uh, Griff put him on Jalen Brunson in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. at various points. Um, we saw him, them try to do that a bit tonight against Cam Thomas in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's not that like they're expecting him to just lock him down, but, uh, but part of, it, I think is just to like, then give some uh, kind of more physical look, just sort of change, um, change how the, how he, you know, how that guy that you're playing has to attack and especially Brunson, right? Brunson's not like yeah. a super fast or athletic guy. Cam Thomas, I think is obviously quicker than, than Brunson. And, you know, there were, it seemed like Brunson was sort of having a hard time figuring out how to attack Jay with his size and physicality before ultimately they kind of went back to more, some more traditional look. So, um, I mean, credit to Jay Crowder, you know, I, I you know, Beasley, the numbers, you know, even when he's shot the ball well, we talked about he had the good game in Toronto, uh, shooting the ball, one of the few bucks that did. But the numbers at the, so far this season, I mean, the lineups with him in it and Dame in particular, I think they're like a minus 18 net rating together. The offense has been bad. The defense has been bad. The offense, again, I mean, there's no reason why the offense can't work with Lillard and, and Beasley out there with whomever, right? Mm -hmm. But clearly like there's something not clicking there. And I think, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm curious what, I'm curious what, you know, John Horace in the front office, I mean, did they tell Beasley like, Hey, if we move Grayson Allen, like we'd look at you as, as the likely kind of next in line to start. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like how 
Beasley came to be the guy that was the opening night starter who was mm-hmm. going to be given this task of defending the other team's best wing player. Um, maybe it made you know made more sense when Drew Holiday was around. I think so. And you know you could say like, well, Beasley's going to be kind of the the floor stretcher, and you're not going to have to worry about him defensively as much because you got Drew Holiday. But clearly the combination. I mean, Lillard and Beasley on paper it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. In practice, it hasn't made much of any sense. <laughs> And so I think what we're seeing here, you know, tonight and, and in general, just from a trend perspective, they got to figure out a way to, to keep those guys not playing together as much. And so I think the obvious question becomes, what's the next version of the, of the starting lineup that we're going to see? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've, we've obviously talked a lot about Marjan Bochamp, who had, again, I'd say it's another kind of encouraging spell of minutes um, tonight, didn't you know, put up any big numbers or anything. Um, 18 on the night though, Frank. Yeah. He was part of that group that I thought had some good, like just like defensively, they actually had some athleticism and they were able to mm-hmm. kind of run with Giannis a bit. Um, should have had a breakaway dunk, but <sighs> loading up off two feet, he travels yeah. sad, um, did make his only three point attempt. And, you know, something that with Marjan, you know, he, he had kind of a rep as being a defensive playmaker in the G league. So coming to this game, I think he played 62 minutes. He didn't have a single block or steal. Tonight he was credited with his first his first steal of the season, um, and so uh, yay okay so we, we got we got something there. Um, I think he had like you know eight fouls, seven rebounds, two assists, no steals, and no blocks in 62 minutes. So he was shooting the ball really well. He has shot the ball from three really well so far mm-hmm. this season, which you know we always say is like well that's like the thing that's going to flip Marjan from being you know a guy that is struggling to find minutes versus a guy that is going to play every night if he's making three pointers. Um, but I think that's an interesting question. I mean, I, given the way that, that Griff has used him as typically being a guy that's defending smaller players, I think in principle, you know, you'd look at Marjan and say, well, he, he's kind of the obvious guy to start in uh, Beasley's uh, in Beasley's stead here. Um, but, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be Jay Crowder, right? I mean, I think Jay Crowder has been overall the the kind of steadiest guy off the bench, if we're going to be honest. And he's not going to shoot as well as he has all season long. But, you know, he's he's a vet. He knows how to play regular season in particular. Uh, some of the concerns you'd have from a matchup perspective just aren't going to be as, as probably as big of a deal. So um, honestly, it wouldn't shock me at all if you did see Crowder as, as the fifth starter. I think the one kind of thing about that is he has been the primary backup for Chris. So if mm-hmm. you're starting both of them, then staggering them becomes a little bit harder, especially while Chris is is on a bit of a minutes restriction. But given Chris is now at call that 20, 21 minutes a night, he's kind of bumped up that level. I, I can't remember where it was. I, I think there was a discuss there was an interview where I think Chris suggested maybe by game seven or eight or so, maybe yep. it was with Chris Haynes, um, that he'd hopefully be back up to kind of a, a normal complement of minutes. So Rack games. <laughs> we are at game six, with that being in the book, with the Bucks being four and two. Frank has done our annual. Uh, Please, the, the, the principal <laughs> thing. Oh, am I back? Welcome back. Am I back? Yeah. You're back. I'm literally, I'm literally, I can see my router, people. I say this like every episode, <laughs> but it's just very frustrating. I'm on a laptop. I can see my router. I've got 500. MBPS, um, and I'm still freezing every every episode. This happens to me on work calls though too. So in fairness, mm-hmm. my internet sucks whether I'm podcasting 
or doesn't discriminate. Uh, talking for just does, doesn't discriminate. Um, but yeah, so long story short, I think Jay Crowder, Marjan Bochamp, whatever, man, Adrian, pick one of those dudes. Uh, you know, we can usher Malik back to the bench and maybe find a different role for him. In principle, his shooting should work in some configuration, but for whatever reason, I think they just need to change up the vibes with the starting group is just is just yeah. bad. And he's uh, the obvious guy to to switch out because it's he's the fifth guy. I couldn't agree more. And Marjan or Jay would be one of the two guys that I would also suggest in that starting row. By now, the everydayers know, and I know you know, I'm a Marjan stan, so I would love to see it be Marjan, but I wouldn't be mad with it being Jay. Jay is somebody who, when the Bucks resigned, I said, this is going to be an interesting signing here because when we saw him in this time last year with Bud, the jump shot looked fine. It was He was knocking down his jumpers, but he seemed just a little bit slow laterally, especially in the playoffs against the Heat yeah. where it just felt like, I'm not sure if this is because you know he spent most of the season at home. I'm not sure if this is indicative of his future talent level. Like, is, Are we starting to see a decline? Which Jay Crowder are we going to get? And the Bucks so far this season have seen a very motivated Jay, a Jay Crowder that can really help them win some games. So you love to see that. And as I mentioned, Marjan was plus 18 this evening, uh, team best for the Bucks. And when I think about Beasley, the thing that he brings to the team is that shooting ability. He went one to five for the night, but I shouldn't say too much about him because I mean, a lot of our three point shooting this evening came from our Bucks or from our bench mob. So the bench scored 50 points tonight. They were 11 to 21 for three, while the starters were five of 27. So uh, there is something to that with Jay having such a hot shooting night, campaign having a great shooting night, Bobby knocking down his, I believe, only three or one of two for the evening. First Bo of Chandler. the season. That was his yes, first, first three, three of, of the season. season. That is crazy to think about. But it's here. Maybe that lid is going to be off for Bobby and we see a more normal uh, production level from him from, from three. So, yeah, shout out to the bench mob this evening. And as we kind of alluded to throughout the show already, we did see a few different defensive schemes. We saw in our last game that the Bucks went, hey, we're going back drop against the Knicks. And it was an interesting team to make that decision against, given the fact that Jalen Brunson is the kind of player that can really eat up a drop. One might argue that, you know, Cam Thomas also can eat up a drop with his game. And we saw him drop 45 tonight, but that's not because the Bucks were solely in that drop coverage. We saw a few different schemes from the Bucks tonight, and I would love to go more in depth about that. But first, I want to talk about Chase Medical. So we spend a lot of time talking, you and I, listener to, to the host, listener to host, we spend a lot of time talking and we get fired up together on wins and losses on who starts and sits as we've indicated through this episode, as well as our last few. And I'm thankful for that connection. But today I want to chat about something a little bit more personal. I just recently learned that you can get a one year supply on ED medications. So do you realize what that means? You can bring on extended travel bring on the next natural disaster, even the next supply chain issue, because you are covered. You won't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. Ordered most of my daily meds with the year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit and I feel secure now. 
Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would like to get a peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. All right. Those defensive schemes I mentioned, we saw some drop. We saw some zone. We saw some switching. And each of those different schemes had different levels of success, depending on who was out there. As we mentioned, that third quarter crew um, that was in the zone with Marjan and, and Bobby and Giannis and I believe it was Cam out there with them and Jay. Um, they had really good energy, really good activity. We saw that a lot. Uh, we saw a few three-second calls get called again on the Bucks while they were in that zone um, at various points. But we talked about Griffin not being somebody who's scared to change things up or try different things out. And we saw it in this game in particular with a lot more zone than I can recall the Bucks running in recent memory. Yeah, and I thought uh, – I think we I think they started in the – I think in the second quarter maybe they brought it out. And I thought it was just a good change of pace. I mean, I always view zone as – you know, a change of pace, you know, it's a, it's, it's a change up pitch. It's not something that you want to, you know, be using heavily and, and relying on as, you know, anything like your, your base defense or anything like that. Um, but especially, you know, tonight where just felt like the nets got into a bit of a rhythm um, in terms of being able to attack some of the matchups um, mm -hmm. camp Thomas getting loose. It, it felt like the zone was a good way to, again, kind of take the ball out of his hands a little bit, force them to try to work it around the perimeter a bit. Um, and, and again, it's just, you know, they're professionals. We see it when teams run zone against the Bucks, right? Sometimes, again, just teams are not used to playing against a zone the way they are man-to-man. -man. And, uh, and so I thought it was a nice change of pace. I'd be curious, though, the, the kind of end stats on it, whether ultimately it was as effective, especially as the game wore on, to me, the longer you run it, the more teams tend to figure it out. And so I thought kind of over time as the game wore on, it got a bit less effective. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things that it, I just I, I do want to talk a little bit about is when we think about the defense, um, you know, this was not, you know, as, as much as Friday was a game where Brooke was awesome and seeing him back in the drop, right? The, the players basically bullied Adrian Griffin into going back right. to what they've done for years under bud so um i'm glad adrian griffin was willing to let himself be bullied by <laughs> whichever players uh came to him and basically said dude you gotta let brooke play pay drop um but you know when your adjustment is go do what bud did yeah you know I'm, I'm not gonna give you a lot of credit for that i'm glad you did it i'm not gonna give you credit yeah. though okay <laughs> um but uh but yeah it's 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 interesting. The longer we kind of see this group, um, you know, tonight was certainly not a, a nice uh, night in terms of the the defensive stats. I think they were at, um, I think, close to a 120 defensive rating. So um, yeah, I think they came to the game like 27th or 28th in terms of uh, defensive rating tonight. Not great. I think the the upside, hey, half court bucks were 112 points per play in half court, which is terrific. Uh, Brooklyn was about 106. And that's points per play, so it doesn't include like offensive rebounds. So Brooklyn and and the Bucks were both really good in in terms of half court tonight. Um, and the funny part is that the the Nets actually were okay in transition, which has been mm -hmm. the Bucks' biggest problem. I mean, honestly, okay is we probably take it at this point. Um, 
the the Knicks thankfully were awful, and the Bucks were both awful in transition on Friday. <laughs> um, we're used to the Bucks being for some reason horrific uh, in transition. They were again tonight. Um, you know this cleaning the glass stat I always like to use, which is basically looking at kind of like the frequency with which you basically take attempts in in transition and the effectiveness, like the points per play when you do that. You kind of aggregate those two together. Bucks ran very little tonight and were extremely ineffective. They had a 75 points per play uh, average per, per 100 in uh, in transition. So literally the Bucks are the only team in the league right now who have a negative points added from transition, which is because they are better in half court than in transition, which, you know, it's, it's not going to, like, that never happens over a full season. It's not going to happen. I'm pretty confident with this team, but again, they just are I don't, I don't even, I can't even explain like why they can't do it. Right. Just like random stupid stuff. Jay Crowder missing a layup, you know, a game or two ago against the Raptors. I think like, you know, Marjan traveling, you know, when he's got a breakaway yeah. tonight, um, just stupid stuff like that. Right. With Giannis, like the Bucks were not a great transition team last year, but they were not hurting, <laughs> hurting themselves by running last year. So that'll kind of turn around a little bit. I think the big question though, is can their defense get cleaned up in transition? And, um, you know, I think, though, looking at this game tonight, <clears throat> you know, to me, two of the real highlight plays of this game, um, Ben Simmons hit ahead for Dorian Finney-Smith. I can't remember how many seconds were left. What was it like? Uh, it was under It was under it was 24. Under yeah. yeah. It, and and after they got the Bucks got the ball back, they had they fouled Dame. So it was inside 30 seconds, but it was this hit ahead pass and Bucks were up, I believe, two. Um, and kind of he catches it a little awkwardly and Giannis is bearing down on him. Um, and we obviously know what Giannis is able to do as a chase down guy. And Giannis, you know, at that point is playing the five. And again, it would be fitting given how the, well, the how poorly the Bucks have defended in transition that they would give up, you know, a head ahead pass for the tying basket in this situation. But Giannis is an incredible transition defender, arguably the most like destructive transition defender and offensive player in the league on both ends and just his presence. I I was curious. It looked like he might've gotten a piece of Finney Smith's shot. Uh, he wasn't, he was not credited for a block, mm -hmm. which, you know, of course hurts me as, as the um, unofficial Giannis uh, block stat keeper. Uh, but then the next play down Cam Thomas driving uh, under the basket, Giannis contests him again, Giannis playing center in that smaller lineup. They had pulled the big guys mobility Giannis does get credited with a block he got a piece of the can thomas shot and they're able to to salt away the win with free throws so um you know i i think that's the one question i think we, obviously we have concerns about adrian griffin's management of brooke lopez hopefully mm -hmm. the game on friday was indicative of him kind of cutting loose brooke a bit more um tonight was a weird one because you had ben simmons who obviously you do not need to be out on at all but as you said with the the perimeter scoring that they had um you know the, the nets were our team obviously can can get into the mid-range and i mean they were 19 to 33 on mid-range shots tonight which you know is one of those sort of things where you just sort of tip your cap between thomas and mikhail bridges they were just lethal and again it kind of was what it was but you know kudos to um to adrian griffin right he didn't lean heavily on brooke and he was willing to go small in order to kind of better match up, especially when uh, Ben Simmons was off the court. And ultimately, you know, Giannis, those, those three point shots, Camille, I, 
I mean, not just did he take the he, he did he have like you know two instances where he took back to back threes um, in a in a set. First half he misses two. Fourth quarter he ends up hitting the second one to tie it at one fifteen. On that in that fourth quarter possession, he had Dame Lillard right over on his left wing with an open three look. He doesn't he doesn't look at him. He doesn't give him the ball. He nope. takes the shot himself. And you look, I'm generally like fairly tolerant of Giannis, you know, getting up a couple threes a game, whatever, you know, let him let him have his fun. But in this game tonight, especially with how effective he was inside the arc, he was 15 out of 20 on twos. It, man, it just felt, especially in that first half, I think he was 0 for 4 in the first half. It's just like, man, like, you got to put your ego aside, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this game is too close. It's one thing if you're up by 15 and you, know, you walk into a three or something like that. But I don't know. It's just frustrating because, you know, Giannis is getting older. And honestly, it's almost like that. what I just thought of was, you remember when Brett Favre was getting older and it was like, well, maybe he'll settle down and, you know, as his arm starts to go a little bit, he'll kind of make better decisions. Nope. Just do dumber shit. (laughs) It's just sometimes with Giannis and the shot selection, it's just like, you don't have to do this, man. Like you, you you don't have to do this. We know you're setting more. We know you're going to have to set more screens this year, but like you, you don't have to shoot all these jump shots and credit to him. He hit, he had a number of mid-range jumpers tonight. Um, but, man, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things when he hits that second three, it's almost like, man, I'm glad it went in. Exactly. I really, I really hope his takeaway is not that, hey, it's great. I just kept at it, and eventually I hit the big three, and I got to do that. I got to keep shooting those threes. Like, dude, you don't need to take seven threes. So that part definitely left something to be desired. But, um, you know, when he wasn't shooting that threes – um, and he was focusing on trying to be aggressive. Uh, he was electric and mm-hmm. it was fun to watch. And honestly, I mean, there have been long stretches of the season so far. It's early, obviously. Giannis has had some slow starts in the past, so it's not like this is some brand new you know, thing he's in. But um, but I don't know, he just he really has not been as fun to watch as like we're used to. Right. And we're spoiled because he's incredible and in the things he does defy belief at times. But it's just I don't know with. He's been struggling to figure out the short roles and the decision making. He's kind of mm-hmm. hesitating a lot, awkward turnovers, things like that. Um, you know, we saw a fair bit of that against the Knicks on Friday. You mentioned pump faking threes. He had three point three pointer. He was fouled on in the fourth quarter. He misses all three free throws. So there's just been, you know, some a lot of hiccups so far this season. And and at the core of it, obviously, is kind of figuring trying to figure that things out with Dame. But tonight, um, when he was right, he was right. Mm-hmm. And it was on both ends. And ultimately, you know, he was great um, from late third quarter. I think at one point he was like eight out of 17 um, after he missed a, no- a couple more threes. Uh, he was eight out of 17. And what did he finish up with? Uh, 15 to 27. So, yeah, you kind of do the do the quick math, right? So he had seven shots and seven out of 10 to finish the game. And um you know, probably was fouled on one or two of yeah. those misses as well. So, uh, and he made, made, made free throws tonight too. So I got to shout that out because I do enjoy a yes. made free throw. So, yes. um, so yeah, I, again, you got, always got to probably take a little bit of the, 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 the bad with, with all of that good with Giannis. Um, but fortunately they were able to kind of figure it out when they needed to and four and two, Hey, the Boston Celtics lost in Minnesota tonight. So those Celtics Love are to hear it. five and one. So, you know, I mean, 
Bucks for as as much as they've looked awful in their two losses and have looked okay, you know, like okay in their wins. Um, as we've been talking about, right? Like a lot of at this point is just just man at this point, like just grind out wins and hopefully you kind of figure stuff out as you go and yeah. get a little more fluency offensively and hopefully start to figure some things out defensively. Um, but again, it's definitely definitely a lot of work still left for this team, especially with the transition stuff on both ends. And, you know, I think we, we are all waiting to see when that eventual change to the starting lineup happens, but Hey, if they keep winning games, I guess there's going to be less pressure to do something, but we'll see. We'll see kind of what happens with that. Yeah. Well, luckily we got a bucks win tonight. We're going to wrap up the show and get out of here. As a reminder, make sure that you guys tune in to locked on bucks tomorrow as well. Justin and I will be getting together and putting out a show for that. And don't forget to subscribe or follow the show on YouTube or wherever it is that you're listening right now so that you can always get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. All right, guys, we'll catch you all tomorrow. Be safe.